You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. If you listened to my news this morning on Breakfast Radio with Neil and Sam, then you heard about the letter. More than 100 academics and former diplomats have written a letter calling on China to release two Canadians whose arrests are seen as retaliation for the arrest of a top Chinese tech executive in Vancouver on December 1st. The letter is addressed to the president of China and says the arrest sent a chilling message that policy and diplomacy work is unwell welcome, and even risky in China. That reference is to Michael Kovrig, a former diplomat who was working as an expert on China for the international crisis group Think Tank. Among the esteemed individuals who signed the letter is Guy Saint-Jacques, a senior fellow with the China Institute and former ambassador to China. Welcome. May I call you Guy? Yes. uh, Good afternoon. How strongly worded is the letter? How much can you tell us is about what's in it? Well, I think it's a very uh, mild uh, letter. And here's a, a group of people who uh, like China, who have worked in China for some time with China. In the case of uh, scholars, you have a collection there of people who have uh, done uh, most of their career on China, who are experts, who have helped uh, the world to know better uh, China. And, and so this is a, a collective expression of concern saying, well, what's going on? Because uh, uh, you have done this to Michael Kovic and Michael's favor, but it could, hap- could it happen to others? And what kind of message are you sending? And so I think, you know, it should be seen as a, a group of people who are very interested in uh, what's taking place in China, who can play a role to, for China to be uh, better understood around the world. But now we're seeing... Uh, Uh, watch out because uh, we are concerned about uh, recent developments. Is there a threatening tone to the letter? I appreciate what you're telling me in terms of content. No, I think it's, in fact, people are expressing some sadness and saying, well, uh, maybe I I will need to think twice before I go back to China, and uh, that would be too bad. So it's just, I would say, a call for China to uh, uh, play by uh, agreed international rules. When was the letter delivered? It was uh, delivered, uh, uh, my understanding, at the end of day on uh, Monday. End of day yesterday. Have you had any reaction at all? Well, you may have seen there was a reaction from the uh, official spokesperson of the Minister of Foreign Affairs uh, earlier today. Uh, she said that uh, uh, the signatories of the letter didn't know a thing about uh, the cases of Mr. Kovrig and Spaver, and they were interfering with uh, Chinese sovereignty. So effectively, they have rejected your message. Yeah, but the fact that <clears throat> she spoke about it, uh, and uh, I would say also the fact that Ambassador Lu Xiaoye last week uh, told uh, uh, Foreign Affairs Minister Freeland not to use her uh, presence in Davos this week to try to rally further support for Canada, uh, confirms that the, uh, the the strategy is working. And I think that, that the Chinese uh, have to admit that uh, uh, this whole episode is uh, creating more reaction than what uh, they were expecting. I think they were pretty convinced that the 
This would be limited to uh, uh, Canada and China. It, and again, it's the first time in my, my view where uh, a number of countries uh, get together to express uh, uh, support for the Kenyan position and to ask China to uh, again, to abide by international rules. Guy, I'd like to put uh, the question now to our Zoomer radio listeners. Uh, how do you think that ha- Canada has handled the situation so far with China? What would you like to see done better? Or, or do you agree with sort of this slow diplomatic approach that's been taken? 416 360 toll-free 1-866-740-4740. On the line with us here is Guy Saint-Jacques, senior fellow with the China Institute, former ambassador to China. Over the last week or so, Guy, we have been hearing a lot from John McCallum, the Canadian ambassador to China, saying that the two men, uh, Spavor and Kovrig, both Michaels, are being interrogated for four hours a day. There's also uh, a report of them being in continuous daylight, which we know to be uh, torturous, if not a near-torturous condition. Uh, what do you know about this, and what can you share with us? Well, for sure, uh, they are not uh, at Club Med. <clears throat> and the description that uh, Mr. McCallum gave of their uh, Detention conditions uh, correspond totally with what uh, Kevin and Julia Garrett experienced back uh, in uh, 2014 after they were detained in August of that year. And what they had uh, told me is that they they were kept in uh, isolation. There was always uh, a a person with them in the room when they uh, wanted to go to the washroom. They had to leave the door open. The lights were on 24-hour days. In their case, I think they were subject to six hours of interrogation per day. Everything was recorded. And so you can imagine in this kind of environment, uh, with all the pressure that is put on you, to, uh, they, they expect you to confess. And so uh, they want to create conditions that after a while you will just uh, crack down and admit to anything they want you to admit. Do you have any idea how they are dealing with this kind of pressure? Well, uh, in, I know Michael Kovrig because I've worked with him for uh, two years. I think he is very strong. But, you know, I, w- I would say that, uh, you know, nobody is prepared for this kind of uh, daily routine. And uh, in the case of Michael, he, while he was not involved directly in the uh, Garrett uh, case, he knows about the uh, detention conditions. So he, he knows that he will be, uh, he, uh, he could be detained for up to, six months before he is uh, formally accused. And he knows, furthermore, that once he is formally accused, you know, 99.9% of the people are found guilty. So it's very difficult uh, in those circumstances to to keep your morale. And I'm sure that he, he always looked forward to the monthly uh, consular visit that he is allowed. The other problem, of course, he is not uh, allowed to benefit from the help of a lawyer. And uh, so that makes uh, for a very uh, drab uh, situation. Yes, absolutely. Why these two men? Why Michael Spaver and Michael Kovrig? Well, on that, I would say that the if you look at what the, the Chinese have done to express their displeasure, it has been done in a very targeted way. And I am convinced that they maintain a list of nationals for all uh, uh, countries that uh, uh, operate in China, and because he, 
they, they have a very effective surveillance system. And if a problem occurs with a country, then they can decide, okay, we can uh, grab this person and, and try to, uh, uh, to use uh, the person as a bargaining chip. What concerns me in the case of Michael Kovic is that uh, he confirmed when he met the second time with Ambassador McCallum that uh, he, the uh, line of interrogation is only on the time he spent at the embassy from 2014 to 2016. According to the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations, not only are you covered by diplomatic immunity while you work in a country, but there is also in Article 39 this notion of residual diplomatic immunity, whereby you cannot be questioned in the future about the work that you did, because, uh, uh, you know, uh, on that basis, if I were to go to China now, they could say that I was involved in activities that were related to the Chinese national security, and as much as I met with Chinese dissidents or Chinese minorities. So it's, it's very easy to be found in contravention of the national security law, but then what the uh, the Chinese are doing, they are creating a very dangerous precedent that could come back to on them, because if they are allowed to do this, well, who knows, in the future, a country could uh, uh, arrest a, a diplomat and say, well, you work in the country uh, in those years, and uh, we want to interrogate you about this. Or so, again, I think the Kenyan government uh, is right to push China to uh, fully respect the, uh, this uh, uh, question of residual diplomatic immunity that applies to Mr. Kovic. Guy Saint-Jacques, senior fellow with the China Institute, former ambassador to China, on the line here with us here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown for Libby Snymer, who returns tomorrow. Can you contrast for us, uh, Guy, how Meng Wenzhou is being detained, the conditions of her detention in Vancouver? Uh, we've been left with uh, every indication that Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig have been detained in retaliation for her retention, but it's a completely different situation, yes? Oh, yes. And, uh, well, <clears throat> uh, first, uh, she she has access to good uh, legal support, and uh, you can bet that uh, uh, she will use all the, uh, uh, the, the opportunities to delay her extradition to, to the U.S. Uh, the, <clears throat> her uh, uh, hearing took place uh, in the presence of the media, uh, it, it was a very, uh, a very transparent process, and now, after posting bail, she is allowed to live in her uh, luxurious house in Vancouver, and she can go out uh, during the day. She is only uh, uh, she's supposed to be home uh, between 11 p.m. and uh, 6 a.m. So for her, <clears throat> it's uh, a very comfortable life. Of course, uh, uh, she will have to deal with the uh, the next steps in the extradition process. But right. by comparison with the, the two Michaels, uh, it's day and night. Well, in addition to the news this morning about the letter that you signed on to sent to the Chinese uh, president, uh, there is also an indication from Canada's ambassador to the U.S., David McNaughton, that the U.S. will soon file the formal request needed in the extradition case. And apparently January 30th is the deadline to complete that work. So we have a Chinese official now accusing Canada and the U.S. of abusing the extradition system. Yeah. <clears throat> Your well, thoughts at, on at that? Least, yeah. Well, <clears throat> at least uh, China is starting to uh, accuse the U.S. of something, and that's where they should direct their anger, because 
Canada, unfortunately, we end up with this mess uh, just because of the of the U.S. and and because we live in a country where rule of law is important, we have no choice but to abide by the extradition treaty. But what the this latest uh, uh, expression of anger on the part of Chinese uh, uh, says is that, uh, in fact, uh, once the U.S. will have formally delivered the evidence that they have accumulated, and you have to assume that the U.S. Department of Justice work in a very professional way, and they will have a uh, solid evidence to uh, to give to the uh, uh, Canadian officials at the Department of Justice to look at and, and for them to decide uh, whether they grant this authority to proceed, and they will have 30 days, and then it will go to the to a judge to to look at this. So, unfortunately, uh, and especially if Mrs. Mang use uh, uh, the opportunities to uh, to delay the process, we will be in. We could be in for a long period where. We will be uh, subject to uh, uh, China's pressure, and that's why I think it's important for the game government to continue to rally international support, but also to seek ways to try to have face-to-face meetings with the, uh, the Chinese and, and try to convince them that uh, in all of this, Canada is a victim. We have no choice, but this is how uh, an extradition treaty works, and uh, furthermore, uh, they have to find ways to lower the temperature. Otherwise, not only are they da- damaging their relationship with Canada, but they are also damaging their international uh, image. Okay, on that note, I'd like to take some questions. Let's go to Keith in Stouffville. Your oh. comments today. Oh, hi, Shane. I really think, you know, that woman that's being held in Vancouver, we should put the pressure on the states. What the heck are really are they going to do to her? Are they going to fine her? Like, do you know, she didn't kill anybody. You know, it's just crazy. They're holding our citizens. If we put the pressure on the U.S., you know, I think Trudeau either should go there or phone Trump and just say, look, you know, what, uh, what punishment are you going to give her? Is it a fine or you're not going to bl- hang her or anything like that? I mean, it's crazy. And then we're in this big, you know, to get our citizens back. All right, Keith, I want to put that to our former diplomat. Yeah, uh, good. I would like to hear that because he's saying put the pressure on China. Well, let's put the pressure on the states. They've caused all this, okay. really. All right, very oh, good. Oh, Guy, go ahead. Guy, go ahead. Well, uh, based on what I heard uh, uh, in the news yesterday, I think that uh, Ambassador McNaughton has been uh, exactly doing this uh, in Washington. And I think that if I were him, <clears throat> I would have told the Americans, you better uh, have a serious case uh, because, you know, you put us in this mess. So you have to use all the opportunities to help uh, our two guys who uh, have been uh, detained in China. Uh, and also, you have to find ways to, to resolve uh, your problem. Uh, in this case, uh, you know, if I look at another uh, com- uh, Chinese company that had problems with uh, U.S. sanctions on Iran, ZTE, they were able to resolve this with the, the company paying a fine of uh, $1 billion, and, uh, and then they were allowed to continue to do business. In this case, uh, uh, you know, once they bring Mrs. Mong to the U.S., uh, uh, they, they will have to uh, to put her to uh, on trial. And uh, but the you know they, uh, they they have to come up with a game plan on where they, they want to go because this is part of the overall uh, 
uh, trade war and uh, mm-hmm. strategic war that is taking place between the U.S. and China. Okay, one more call. Bob in Etobicoke, go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering, has the Chinese government have, uh, given the Canadian government any evidence that they have against the two Canadians, or is it just one of these things where you could pick a tourist? And Because if the, these people have done something, such as the fellow who's been sentenced to death, um, that I don't have a problem with if he is uh, was actually involved in a drug deal. That's the rules. So that's the way it is. What are these Canadians accused of, or what evidence uh, has been shown, or has there any been shown to the government what they base their arrest on? All right, let's put that question to our expert. Okay. Thank you, Bob. <clears throat> well, uh, no, they have not provided any evidence. The only declaration that was made last week in Beijing by the uh, uh, the, the procurator, the top procurator there, he said that they had uh, uh, evidence confirming that the, the two uh, persons that uh, endanger uh, China's national security. Uh, according to the national security law of China that was adopted in 2015, and it's very vague, uh, they can detain a person for up to six months, interrogate this person, uh, while the person has uh, no access to a lawyer, and then they can decide uh, uh, whether to charge this person or not. And uh, uh, once a person is formally charged in China, uh, he or she is found guilty in 99.9% of the cases. In my view, what I see now is the same uh, uh, page of the play of the Chinese playbook that we we saw back in uh, 2014 uh, after another request uh, that we had received from the Americans to ex- extradite uh, Mr. Su Bin. Mr. Su was a, a Chinese national living in Vancouver and accused of uh, spying. Uh, they arrested Kevin and Julia Garrett a week later and. Uh, I was ambassador at the time. I had to devote lots of time to try to resolve this issue. But it was clear that what the Chinese wanted to do was uh, organize some kind of a swap. It was never said explicitly, but the body language and the ends were always in that direction. And this time, it's the same problem, but just a, uh, way more complicated because of the personalities involved. Uh, Mrs. Mang is part of what I would call the... Chinese royalty. Mm-hmm. Her father is very well connected in Beijing. Huawei is a flagship Chinese company, and that's why the uh, the Chinese leadership is reacting so angrily to the uh, the business, which makes finding a resolution uh, much more complicated. We will leave it there. Thank you for your perspective on these latest developments. Uh, Thank you very much. We've been speaking with Guy Saint-Jacques, senior fellow with the China Institute and former ambassador to China. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 